The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And lastly, we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best NBA better in the United States? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. There's $3,000 up for grabs in their season-long contest and $200 every week in their weekly contest. Just head over to OddsCrowd.com to sign up now. And while you're at it, make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks, podcast news, right there in the palm of your hand. Download it wherever you download your apps. Adio DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 81. This one goes out to the year 1981, which is a swell year for a little brother to be born, I must say. Um, I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I call myself a host, but I like to consider myself more of a guide, and as each episode... As longtime listeners learn each episode, I take you on a journey through the mind of my associate co-host or associate host. I always call him a co-host, but it's associate host. Um, and you never know what what you find on these journeys through his mind. Sometimes you learn about mythical creatures named Ichabod, and sometimes you learn about his his days as a frontiers man growing up. And but one thing is guaranteed: you're you're going to find out. Uh, who's going to win on the Dan White Contender Series every Tuesday when, when we visit his brain? Because this week he did it once again. He went four and one on the Contender Series. He even predicted the the fight he was going to get wrong. So uh, pretty incredible. People on our SGPN Slack were quite impressed, and and he even graced them with his presence uh, while the while the fights were going on. So he he's very lucky that that things went well for him um, in in the cage because you wouldn't want to your first appearance and have uh, go go over five so since i promise that this is now the podcast that doesn't need long intros because we have so much content jammed into the uh into each episode and into your ear holes and let's just get right down to it we will uh, introduce him once again his in, his introduction is getting long because he has quite a few nicknames i even snuck in uh calling him a flat earther a few episodes back and i don't even think he noticed it because he's <laughs> got so many other nicknames or he noticed it and he, and he just agreed with it and went yep that's true um but regardless he's the prettiest purple belt on the planet he's the dana white contender series soothsayer he's a danimal he's gumby gumbo barney gumbo he's daniel vreeland hello hey i i actually hey. so so remember when we used to do I mean, like, you, you you found a whole bunch of things to dedicate episodes to now uh, yeah. that were in the really high numbers. 
I actually yeah. mentally had a number 81 that I was kind of hoping. Oh, yeah, yeah there, there's, there's, I think he, he may be the only basketball player ever to have worn 81, but you remember the, yeah. the point guard, uh, Jose Calderon? Of course, Toronto Raptor, of course. Yeah, but so when he was a Toronto Raptor, I think he wore eight because he used to wear eight all the time. But at the end of his career, I think he was a Cav or or maybe a Piston or something like that, and he wore yeah, he was eighty-one for both of those teams. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jose Calderon, shout out Jose Calderon. I couldn't dedicate it to one, not the other. So uh, you know, eighty-one had had to be for the other one. And also, um, it's also dedicated to the newest addition to the Vreeland family that, that just happened. So, speaking of brothers, so there you go. Take that. Shout, shout, out, shout out to the first Vreeland girl that's ever existed. <laughs> there you go. Other than wives, right? Yes, Other than the wives, yeah. They, they, marry, they marry in. This is the first blood yes. blood Vreeland lady in, in quite some time. <laughs> and she has, no, uh, she has no say in the matter. It's, uh, it's just the way it's going to be, kids. So. Um, so, yeah, it's been an exciting time for Dan. Um, Uncle again today. He uh, his beloved Atlanta Braves um, got the job done last night and are into the real playoffs now because these wild cards don't count in my books. Because when I was a boy, there was no wild cards. There was American East, American West. Those two teams played, and the National League East, National League West played, and that was it. That's the playoffs, not this wild card stuff. So Atlanta's actually in the playoffs now. That's the way it worked on my MLB '93 game for Nintendo. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. exactly. I remember being a kid in like 1997, being like, "Where's the NL Central? Where did it go?" <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, that's so strange. So strange to me now. Um, but more importantly, uh, last night was good night for you because you went four and one on your contender series picks, and you predicted the fight that you, you didn't. Yeah, I, I guess you predicted which one you were going to get wrong, but basically, it, it was it was the fight that you were least confident on, and that was the the main event. And that's one that you whiffed on, but the other ones went pretty much according to plan, didn't they? Yeah, and I I said I, I whiffed on this to be completely honest. I said it was like a coin flip type fight. Um, so if it's a coin flip type fight and one guy's betting off at plus one seventy five, you, you bet him all day, right? Because you got a fifty fifty yeah. chance the payback's way better than that. Um, it turned out not to be a coin flip fight. Man, Christian Rodriguez looked pretty darn good. Um, some of that might have been that he didn't really have to cut any weight since he got to come in like two or three pounds heavy. But uh, yep. otherwise, he looked really good. Uh, props to him for stuffing all of Junior Cortez's takedowns and uh, being a touch faster than him on the feet. So uh, props to him for that, although it looks like he's probably never going to get another shot with Dana having missed weight. Um, which is yep. funny because a different guy who missed weight has no problem getting a contract. Yeah, well, Jake Hadley looked far more uh, impressive than Christian Rodriguez last night. Would you not agree with that? And, yeah. and plus, he's you know he, he's got the the charisma and he's just you know a uh, fun way of fighting also, which I'm sure won won the uh, or melted the the ice cold heart of of Dana White. Yeah, well, I would say this too. So a couple of things. You're right. First of all. Uh, better looking performance because when he got taken down, he almost had a normal plata, and then he almost had yep. a go go plata. Um, yep. And then in the next round, he decided to be the one doing the taking down, look like an absolute beast. So, yes, fun to watch in the cage. Number two, beat a better opponent. Junior Cortez is not the same level of fighter as Mitch Raposo. Mitch Raposo, sorry to see him not get a contract here, but like he is a yep. guy who is super young, has fought really good competition. And we'll definitely, definitely, definitely be back on this show again in a year or two or perhaps even get a short-notice replacement fight at some point in time. 
So I'm not really worried about Mitch Raposo either. But a better opponent. And, you know, you mentioned charisma, although I'm not sure you watched all of the, the interviews where they decided. Yeah, to I did. He, well, he he apparently pissed some people off. Yeah. Well, this is a, you don't have any more info on that. It was. I don't. It, it seems like yeah. I guess I guess a driver did not like having him in it. He claimed it was not understanding some British humor. Um, that's the way Jake Hadley put it off. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't understand British humor either. So I, I guess I can commiserate with that, but, uh, yeah, like I actually think that probably played in his favor. I'm not going to lie because not, not that, you know, like Dana hasn't punished somebody for like punching out the window of a limo before, uh, insert JT money, Jonathan, was, was it Jonathan Taylor, Jesse Taylor, Jesse Taylor. Yeah. And then, and then he got another sh- uh, shot and. Did awesome and then got busted he for tested drugs, right? positive, Yeah, he tested positive <laughs> for steroids. Man, that yeah. dude was a train wreck. But, um, yeah. yeah, like, not that he hasn't punished those types of people before, but this seems like that, like, slightly edginess. Right. Um, almost like the – um, I, I, almost like Patty Pimblett, where he's, like, a little edgy, right. a little showy. He's going to probably flip somebody off. Like, like Patty Pimblett and Nate Diaz had a love child. Uh who's going to like flip you off, but also be somewhat controversial. He's going to bring ratings in other words. Um, I mean, the dude's nickname is white Kong, which is uh, a yep. hell of a nickname for a dude who weighs 125 pounds or 127 no pounds at this way. And so, uh, yes. yeah, like all things aside, the minute he won that fight, I knew he was getting a contract. Yeah. Does he, has he had weight issues in the past that, you know, never. Of? In fact, he okay. makes fun of people regularly for having weight issues. Yeah. Like he 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 is shit on a bunch of opponents before, um for for doing that. So yeah, incredible. I, I take it he always and he always uses his forearms to block. That, that's the thing that stood out the most with me. What was his defensive style? Yeah, and in, I I mean I've never. I'll be honest. I have seen him, you know, throw up defensive shells like that before. But I will say this. You don't typically see him having a need for defense. Like, even in cage warriors, a lot of the guys he fought, he just moved forward like a freaking, you know, man on a mission and just beat the hell out of people. Um, You know, took him down, choked him out, first-round TKOs. I mean, even the guys who were taking him deeper into the fight, like back in EFC, he fought Zulu. um, And, like, that fight went deeper. Even in that fight, he never looked like he had to play defense. So I, I think we might have saw a little bit of an issue there. But, uh, I mean, like, ultimately, like, that's something that gets ironed out by being tested. Yeah. No, he, he definitely definitely passed the test. So he was the one I was – I was going to say he was the one I was most impressed with, but, but maybe not because uh, another one of your picks that came through, Slava Claus, uh, was <laughs> very <laughs> impressive for the – people call it a dad bod, which – I think I don't even know if you can call that a dad bod. Um, yeah, his his body type, we'll call it. It's a weird physique. He looks weird physique, he kind of has, has the same physique as Squidward from SpongeBob. It's very true, <laughs> very true. So, so you you get SpongeBob humor, but you don't get British humor. Is that over? You know, I that? actually I actually did not watch SpongeBob. I've never seen a full episode of SpongeBob in my whole life. Um, yeah, because I was a little it started in '99, I think. So, yeah, yeah, so it started. I, and not only old. that did it start late, but also remember I didn't have Nickelodeon. So. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. And it wasn't but, on ABC. <laughs> so, so the British, the British thing. No Monty Python for you. No, I. You know, I, no. I like. There are things from like old Monty Python movies that I get and I find funny. Yeah. But like, I, I can't like 
I can't like sit through a Monty Python movie and like think everything I saw was great. Um, How about Mr. Bean? You got to at least like Mr. Bean. I don't really. Oh my god! Like I get again, I get some of it, and I think (laughs) it's like funny. But then there are other moments where I'm like, okay, are we just doing this again? Um, And (laughs) it's not for me anymore. So. Maybe it's maybe it's my short attention span as an American that we we just need it to be changed up enough. No, it's um, it's our it's Canada's uh, British colony uh, thing <laughs> that we had we had going on. We, we all have the same sense of humor, I guess. So we tend to get British things. So and you know, this has nothing British to do with colony too. Was we a British colony? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, forever. Um, but this has nothing to do with Slava Claus, who, who sang uh, <laughs> Slava Claus is coming to town, which was great. Um, now, real, real, real question here, and this is maybe yes. the most important question of the entire contender series: yeah. better, better counter knockout or better dance? Uh, the counter knockout, but yeah, the the dance was was pretty <laughs> pretty fine too. This uh, we're gonna have to turn this into the U- Uriah Faber's contender series, I think, right? Because his his men are coming through. Alpha males, what two weeks in a row they've made a splash on the show. Yeah, um, one of them made me look really dumb. The other one made me look really smart. So yes, this was plus money Dan got for got yeah for Slava Borshev, and he did not look at all like he was the underdog in the cage there. You can look, and he fine. also did look like an alpha male dude. Like that. No, the wrestling wasn't really there. No, no wrestling. No, like you know, weird submissions. No, uh, you know, like bull forward and throw like thirty punch hook combos like Chad Mendes used to. Like, nope, just like solid sniper striking from a distance, almost like like you thought Elva Mill was going to turn into when Martin Campman was their coach. Uh, He looked more like Martin Campman. than he did any of the, the guys there now. It's true. We're jumping all over this card, though, but anyhow, the main event, Cristo Rodriguez beat Reyes Cortez, or Junior Cortez, Tracy Cortez's older brother. Uh, three rounds to none. Um, didn't get himself a contract, though. Um, and then Comey event, Bouquet, Lorenzo Hood via TKO Knee. Um, he, he got pieced up a few times, which kind of looked like Dan's pick may have been in doubt, but, but then... It didn't even really look like he hit him that hard with the knee, but uh, um, Hood had enough at that point. So um, I think Hood was yeah. looking to quit. From, yeah, from the, it kind of looked that way, knees, didn't it? The knees to the knees, I think, had him wanting to quit. The, the yeah. ref almost called off that fight two or three times based on, like, groans that Hood let off after being kneed in, like, it, it was, like, not quite the thigh, but not quite the knee, but that, like, soft-ass spot right above your knee. Um, yep. He kept kneeing him right there, and, like, Hood wouldn't stand on it for a little while after being kneed, and he also, like, if he hit it the right way, he would, like, groan out, and, like, the ref almost stopped it there. So I think when he got kneed in the head, he was just like, screw this. This is over. I'm I'm not yeah. hanging around any longer, which is, you know, no offense to Lorenzo Hood because he did step in here on short notice, but, like, yep. that's kind of his M.O., too. Like, he's got losses to dudes he shouldn't have lost to, which, uh, you know, I mentioned – you know, before we were when we were breaking it down, like Tyler King and Shelton Graves shouldn't be beating you if you're going to be on the contender series. Um, yeah. and, and it's just like he's a big, muscly guy who's got a couple of punches in him, and that that's pretty much it. I, I agree with you. Like, yeah, like I know either of those names you mentioned. But yeah, of course. <laughs> no way you should lose to those guys. Um, Tyler Tyler but, King is a Northeast. I, I I throw around the word legend, but yeah, Northeast legend. He fought a bunch of CES. In Dan's mind, he's a legend. Yes. 
Um, so you got that one right. You got Jake Hadley right over Mitch Raposo. Uh, you got Slava Borshev over Chris Duncan. You got that right. And then you got the the uh, opener right, of course. Maria Silva over Catherine Poprocki. Um, so everyone got contracts except Christian Rodriguez and Maria Silva. Do you agree with that? Do you agree? No, I would have. Yeah. I would have given one to Maria Silva too. Yeah. Um, yeah. She. She, she looked uh, great, and she was violent. Yeah, uh, Pop, it, Rock, Pop Rocks was maybe too tough for her. That, that's that's what um what probably stopped her from getting a contract. Yeah, um, but it also let her show off how good she was. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and yeah, like Pop Rocky, as I said in the breakdown, definitely doesn't belong in there yet. No, um, she might she someday. Four fights, right? Five fights. That was her. She, fifth she fight. only that was that was her fifth fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, she certainly didn't deserve to be in there yet. She was a late replacement, but I think if you put Maria Silva in there against Silva or Silvana Juarez Gomez or Gomez Juarez, Jesus, what a name! Um, if you put her in there with her original opponent, I think she would have beat the shit out of her too. Yeah, you know, in in it, you know, this is always kind of what bugs me is that and maybe the UFC brass isn't actually you know they're just using this as like the lip service to to the reason why people aren't getting contracts, but like. To say she went in there and beat somebody who's three and one, uh, and she was a negative seven hundred favorite, and blah 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 blah. That's not, not an eva- that's not an evaluation of talent, <laughs> no. right? Like we, no. we can evaluate her talent in a vacuum here without talking about the odds and without talking about how terrible her opponents are. She's got good crisp striking. She showed she can actually wrestle. She showed she's got good transitions on the ground. She showed that she's like looking for the finish all the time, like. That's the shit you want, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame she didn't get one. But that being said, um, she is seven and zero. She is only twenty five years old. You know, put her in LFA for a fight or two, or or get her in one of those promotions, and like, you know, let her beat the hell out of some other strawweight. CFFC, she could win their title tomorrow if she wanted to. Uh, so yeah, put her in there, and and let's uh let's get her into the UFC at some point. Yeah, it's not like they're like they could use more women's straw weights. It's not like it's a jam-packed division like uh, ban- men's bantamweight or or, uh, middle- or uh, welterweight or any of those divisions. So kind of strange. But anyhow, um, fun night of fights again, especially fun because Dan went for and won again. So like I, I lost track. You're – what are you at now? It's in, it's in the same – 20, uh, 20 in five in the last uh... – Five in weeks? the last five weeks, yeah, yeah. twenty and five, which Crazy. is yeah, that is the kind of win percentage you all are looking for. So uh, exactly, and, and let me tell you, let me let me tell you something too. Next sure. week, we're sure. e- easy picks again. Okay, well, this was something I mentioned on, on the Slack, which everyone should get in on SGPN Slack. It's lots of fun, especially on, on the fight um, channel when uh, fights are going on. You can count on Superfan John Lee being there at the very least. <laughs> usually, usually, there's a few other people there too. But um, I suggested that maybe we should get some quick picks from you on this podcast because it seems when we record Sunday. By the time the pod gets out, the odds are all over the place. By the time people uh, try to make picks, so I was thinking maybe, maybe not, maybe not pick the whole card. But is there anyone that uh, for we're talking about week eight uh, contender series next Tuesday? Is there anyone that people should jump on as soon as their uh, whatever book they use, as soon as they have a number posted for a fight? Um, so it's tricky for me to say that because um. Ooh, yeah. So, depends on the numbers, obviously, right? It, it depends on the numbers because – so I, I personally really like Solomon Renfro. 
um, who's going to be main eventing against Johnny Parsons. Yeah, I really like Solomon Renfro. I think he is, uh, again, a top guy. The uh, It's going to be interesting to see where his number comes out because here's the thing. He's coming off of a loss um, where he, who who is actually, he's had two wins since then, but but a lot of people remember his, his loss at the very end of 2020. He was a super hype prospect. They were like, this is going to be the big win that like puts him over the edge. And he fought this guy who was on a three-year layoff. And the guy on a three-year layoff popped him right in the face like a minute into the fight, instantly jumped on his back and choked him out cold. And that person wound up being Mike Mallett, the other Uriah Faber yep. cast off who just won himself yep. a contract and was one of my one misses the other week. So it looked really bad at the time. And I don't know if people's mentality around Solomon Renfro has recovered from that, um, from how bad he looked in that fight. If he comes out on this fight and he, in this line is even close. And I like Johnny Parsons. Actually, if you watch, listen to the top turtle podcast, I actually interviewed Johnny Parsons this week. If the this line comes out and it's close to even, jump on Renfro. Um, but the only thing I will say is he was a hype prospect at some point, so you might see it open huge. So it's hard for me to tell you to jump on it until I really know what it is right. and I can guess what the trend is going to be. Okay, well, what's what's the highest that you would take him at or the worst line you would take him at, opening line? So so if it opens – if it opens in the ones or maybe the, even the very low twos, I would jump on it right away. Okay. I think he's probably also a decent bet in the high to mid twos or if it cracks into the very low threes. But in those cases, I might even just wait and see if people get high on Johnny Parsons. And then if yeah. it blows up to negative 600, I just, you know, I throw in the towel and I say, well, I guess I missed out on betting Solomon Renfro at negative 300 because. I'm not super excited about that number anyway. Um, So, like, if I find him in the ones or early twos, I'm jumping on it. If I find him in the high twos or low threes, I might sit on it anyway. Um, And any higher than that, I'm just probably being, you know, you you know, we talk about this all the time. Those numbers just don't excite us. So, um, unless you're, you know, a very high volume kind of guy who's going to throw, you know, you're the person who shows up in the – the DraftKings tweets that show up in the middle of a UFC broadcast where it says somebody just dropped 250,000 on Amanda Nunes to win 12 bucks. Um, yeah. Like that, that, that's just not for me. So yeah, that, uh, that's strong. Yeah. yeah that's, that's strong Lee for you. <laughs> yeah. go, go ahead and jump on that's, Solomon. Exactly. Renfro if that's you, but yeah. So I, I'm interested <laughs> to see where that line comes out. Um, I'm also interested in finding out more about uh, Kai Bahayo. Um, who's coming into his second fight of the season already. Um, right. he, he beat Aaron Jeffrey. He's got that very yeah. fun Muay Thai style. He's going to be fighting a wrestler, though. I, I still am not sold on what pick I'm going to do here yet because Jesse Murray is a guy who trains with Mo Miller and, and Steven Miocic and um, all of those guys So at strong style. So he's one of those types of wrestlers. It almost feels kind of like a – knockoff Ryan Bader versus knockoff Loyola Machida matchup. And we've seen those fights go one and one. So um, not, not sold on either side of that yet, but that is an interesting one to keep an eye on as well. That's is an American wrestling name as you ever going to get, right? Jesse Murray. That's perfect. Yeah. Jesse Murray kind of fits that too. Um, (laughs) All right. So, so that's, I, as I said in the Slack, that these are not dance official picks yet. I'm not going to hold them. Uh, hold him to to these picks yet. He he's allowed to flip flop 
uh, especially once he sees the the lines, you're allowed to flip flop come uh, up to our recording on Sunday night. But then we're locking you in on Sunday, and you're going to go and go four and one again next week. I thought you were going to go five and zero. Like this is um, this is going to screw everything up if Dan goes perfect. But I warned you, them on this. I warned them yeah. on the Slack when I was four and zero. I was like, hey, and they were like, oh, we're we're betting the house on your fifth one. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't no. I always bet one off? <laughs> It's not the way it works. Come on. They aren't paying attention, obviously. So, All right. So uh, uh, another profitable and, and fun night of uh, contenders. Sadly, there's only, what, three more? When are they going to run the next one is the question. We uh, we need this running. Uh, I can't, how often do they do it? A couple times a year, right? Is that it? It, it, it needs That's to be right. more. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I get rid of all the other nonsense they do, like tough and – oh, never mind. You, you like tough, but – I love the ultimate fighter. It always comes back yeah. to that. It does. All right. Um Enough time on that because we have a, an insanely good card coming up this this Saturday, right, Dan? And you've already broken it down on a couple of your two other podcasts, Top Turtle MMA and Prelim Primer. So I'm sure you uh, can't get enough of this card by now, right? It's just it's just <laughs> fantastic. I will say, I will say, as, as I always do, will say, yes. Um, there are some very fun stylistic matches yeah. on here. There are also a couple of my personal favorites. And um, a couple of not so well, at least one not so favorite. So yeah, there's there's one guy I fucking can't stand. <laughs> yeah, so this this shall be fun. All right, uh, before we do that, I haven't told you about any of our awesome sponsors yet. How about WinBet? Ready to win money and booster odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement to win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. For your promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing. As we mentioned, go Braves. And PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Do you have a bunch of futures on the Braves winning the World Series, Dan? No, I almost never I almost never bet on the Braves because it. Uh, maybe I'm superstitious. It feels like bad yeah. juju. Um, yeah. I, I did once bet the over uh, on a season ser- or a season for the Braves. Uh, yeah. The the win total was sixty six and a half, um, and this is kind of a fun story. It was sixty six and a half, which is a pretty low win total. Yeah. They were pretty they were pretty terrible that year, and uh, they had four games left, and they needed to win two of them to hit the over. Uh, and I was pretty confident they were going to do that because one of them was against the Marlins. Then they had a series with the Tigers, who had already clinched, I think, a playoff spot, so they weren't really playing for anything. I was like, oh, yeah, they can win. They'll beat the Marlins, and then they just got to win one out of three with the Tigers. And then, uh, what's his face? The uh, the pitcher there for the Marlins died uh, in that oh, boating yeah, accident. Yeah. So they just yeah. canceled that game. 
um, uh, not to be made up. But then they beat two. They won two out of three against the Tigers in like. But like when they cancel the game, you like don't want to be pissed at like the bet. But at the same time, you're like, I've been waiting all season for this, and this guy dies on the bet, and obviously yeah. he died on more than the bet. That's a terrible way to look at it. But you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I don't bet on the Braves anyway. Long story. There you go. <laughs> No, plus because pe- when Dan bets the Braves, people die is what we've learned. Uh, <laughs> but speaking uh, speaking of that, it's amazing how the like the oddsmakers like they it always comes down to like one or two games. They seem to like more often than not like somehow they get these numbers like perfect. Like, They're perfect. Perfect. That's insane, the, right? The NFL spreads are one of the most impressive things I've seen, and I know yeah. this is crazy off topic, but like anytime you look at an NFL spread and you're like. How do you come up with four and a half on this one? And it's a five point game every yeah, single time. Wild. I'm like, I don't know how they're doing this, but it feels wrong. Um, yep. Yeah, Imagine. they're they're good. They're good at what they do. That's why they have money. And so are we, Dan. We're good at what we do. That's why we uh, have winning picks. Um, so we're gonna give you winning picks for UFC Fight Night Lad versus Dumont. If you don't want to watch it, that's fine. But you can you can bet on it. Hundred bucks in every fight. We haven't we haven't uh, drilled that home. For the past little while, but hundred bucks in every fight is what you're um, by listening to this podcast, by hearing me talk this moment, you're contractually obligated to bet a hundred dollars uh, on every fight. Hundred, uh, I guess a hundred dollars American equivalent wherever wherever you live, because we have listeners all over the world. Um, so yeah, you have to bet at least a hundred American on every fight, and you will enjoy it. Um, so yes, this is going down in the Apex as per usual this Saturday, as per usual. Seven o'clock is the main card on ESPN Plus, four PM Eastern on the prelims on ESPN Plus also. Um I do, as I mentioned on my MMA site, MMA-manifesto.com, I do fight card rankings. And this one, uh, it, the rankings are based on the rankings of the fighters on the card. So um and given more credit for to the main and co main event. So better fighters there that they, they get more uh points because that's what more people care about is is the main and co main. So anyhow, long story short, this fight this fight card is one of the worst I have ranked since I started doing this years and years ago. So it's a pretty eh, at least on paper it's not a star studded fight card, but as we've said before who cares who's fighting? Well, as a fan, we care who's fighting, but uh, in betting terms, we don't care who's fighting. It could be robots fighting, and we will. It could be, it could be pretend horses uh, racing, and people will bet on it. So we can still make money off of this, regardless of who's fighting. So we'll start with women's strawweight: Estela Nunez versus Ariana Carnelosi. Um, Carnelosi Nunez has no nickname. Carnelosi's nickname is Soreso. Do you know what that means, Dan? I have no idea. No. Smile. So that's oh. what I'm So there you go. Um, Nunez, this will be her debut in the UFC. She is 6 and 1 with one no contest as a professional, two knockouts. Um, last two fights have gone win loss win. Um, they were both in 1 and 1 FC, which is, as we all know, uh, is the biggest and best MMA promotion ever in the world, correct? Seven billion people watch yes, it every seven week. Seven billion. It's true. <laughs> not just not just on Earth either. That's the thing that they've discovered other galaxies that watch this also. Um, and yeah, so she, she's fought. Uh, she actually fought for the belt too, uh, the strawweight belt in one FC. So she has some top level experience. Uh, however, she has not fought since July of 2018. Um, she's two inches taller than Carnelosi, five inches reach. She's at plus 130. Uh, Carnelosi's 13 and two with nine knockouts, one submission. 
One and one in the UFC. She won the last fight via TKO after dropping her debut. She's at minus one sixty five. Um, can you tell us first? Can you tell us anything about Nunes? Have you seen her fight? And uh, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I've seen a couple of her fights. Uh, one FC, you know, I, I don't watch it live ever um, because I'm not one of the seven billion people who do. Um, but I, they do make their fights pretty accessible if you want to go back and watch. So I watched a little bit of her fight with Angela Lee. Um, she beat Mei Yamaguchi, who I, I, you know, I say this yep. time and time again, and I've said it, I think, now on all three podcasts, that Mei Yamaguchi is just like a name who is kind of underrated in the women's MMA world. She's kind of a pioneer and a legend in her own right. Um, and, and Nunes has got a win over her. Um, and stylistically, uh, she's kind of a fun Muay Thai style, style striker. She likes to keep her distance, throws like nice kicks and teeps and all that kind of good stuff. So um, she should be fun to watch regardless of uh, whether or not you feel like she's going to be successful. And I don't. I, I'm picking Carnelosi just based well, on that, resumes because I haven't seen her fight. So. <laughs> well, that's good because I'm going to I'm going di- to differ oh, on, yeah? on the very first fight of the night. I am actually yeah. going to take uh, Estela Nunes. Um, Carnelosi's kind of reckless for me, um, and that yeah. worries me a little bit against somebody who is so tactically sound in Nunes um, and who works well on the clinch um, as, as Nunes does. Um, you know, she she like I said has like a Muay Thai style about her. She works well on the clinch, so Carnelosi just kind of like. I mean, you you saw her in her previous fight. She she kind of just comes forward like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. And like, I think she would have lost to Na Liang had Na Liang not gassed out worse than any fighter I've ever seen before in my whole life. Like, she literally just like laid down and quit at one point in time in that fight. So, yeah, like I I don't think that that style works well against somebody who's a tactician. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Nunez, especially with dog money early on. That's exactly what I would do in a UFC fight, though. I would lie down and quit right away. So yeah, Nate no Diaz or Nick, Nick Diaz only we don't get up. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Um, yeah. So Dan's going for some plus money right out the gate. I was going to ask you before we started making picks. Um, thoughts on handicapping this uh, this fight card? In miserable. General, miserable. No, not not fun. There's a lot of big ass question marks that are. I mean, Estella Nunes hasn't fought in three years, and when she did, yeah. she fought in one FC against decent competition. So you have like. That, like, high level of competition, but a huge layoff, and then coming to a right. new country to fight. I mean, there's just too many questions, uh, but yeah. I do like your style. So we're yeah. going to go with that. Yes. Yeah, there's, this seems to be quite chalky for me, again, unless I, I may flip-flop. I want to get more intel on some fighters from Dan, so we'll see. Um, moving on. But, hey, um, being chalky has paid off for, what, about almost a month straight now? I'm sure the other shoe is going to drop eventually, but... Um, because we're still right at it's right at two thirds of uh, the favorites come through. We're at sixty seven percent since I started tracking this at starting of twenty twenty. So we're almost two years in, and we're right at the uh, two thirds mark. But the past few, like I said, maybe going back a month, maybe does that sound about right? We've had what one or two, uh, a couple underdogs come through in every card instead of four or five. So it's it's definitely uh, like I said, we're, we're waiting for it to swing the other way. Um, hopefully not this week though, because I, I think I'm going to go almost all chalk. All right, Bantamweights. I can't remember how, how you say his name, Dan. Dana Batgarel, is that right? Yeah, and it, you can even say it in the other order, too, because he's Mongolian. Oh, so sometimes yeah. Batgarel denies the way I've seen yeah. it most. And I don't know which one's right. But, yeah, Batgarel Dana. I, I meant his opponent's name, though. How do you say that? Bro- oh, Brandon Brandon Davis. Oh, weird. <laughs> okay, I guess. Uh, I guess it makes sense. All right, Batgarel, his nickname Storm Davis is Killer B. Um, I'll go with Storm as the better nickname of the two. 
Yeah, I, I think Storm probably works yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. I'll the, the, Especially because Storm B already exists. Yeah, right. That, that's Saunders. that's that's Ben Saunders. Yeah, exactly. Plus the the tag team from the 1980s. Come on, the Killer Bees. Um, that was probably before your time. Oh, well, wow, it definitely was before your time. It was the 80s. Correct. <laughs> um, all right. Killer B, Brandon Davis, 14-8, four knockouts, four submissions. So very well-rounded with the finishes. Two and five in the UFC. Um, this will mark his return to the UFC. He, how did he last for uh, to go two and five is what I want to know, Dan, originally. Have you that's seen the people he fought? Yeah, man? I know. It's true. Like, oh, it's my true. God. Like, that's how he lasted. Like, when you take short-notice fights against Zadat Magomed Sheriff and Giga Chikadze, yeah. that's how you last. Yes, it's true. Uh, Andy, Enrique Barzola. And he choked out Randy Costa. Yeah. Are you tipping your hand, Dan, before I'm even done here? Jacob Chikese. Uh, we'll see. All right. So, anyhow, he's back. Um, when was his last UFC fight? It was against Giga Chikese. As Giga was on his on the come up. That was two years ago, September of 2019. So, since then, he's fighting Gulf, Gulf Coast MMA. Have you watched any Gulf Coast MMA, Dan? I have, yeah. I've, I've oh, seen Brandon Davis on it because I enjoy watching him fight. <laughs> this, that's wild. So anyhow, he won four straight there and became their bantamweight champ. Um, so that's what he was doing since his, uh, since he got cut. Now he is back in the UFC with the four straight wins, like I said. Uh, he also was on the Contender Series before all of uh, this, before his original foray in the UFC where he was 1-0. He used to fight at lightweight and featherweight. He's three inches taller, got two inches reach. I'm back Grappling stats in his favor, plus 150. Back 9-2 with five knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He won. He lost his debut, but won his last two via knockout and technical knockout. He also used to be lightweight and uh, featherweight, so they should be fairly uh, similar sizes when we step in the cage. Striking and acting, active striking stats in his favor, minus 190. Are you going dog two in a row, Dan? I'm not. I'm going with Buckaroo. No. I'm not. Yeah, yeah I am, I, I am I, too. Too bad. I, I think I, I do really like Brandon Davis. I just think this is a very unfortunate way to step back into the UFC. They're putting him against a guy who I, I think likes to strike as much as he does and is a touch faster. And as we've seen in his last two fights, hits a lot harder than Brandon Davis. Uh, Denal Buckaroo, the, the dude just slugs. Um I think there's probably some ways to mitigate what he does so well um, on the feet and by taking him down a little bit. I just don't think that's for Brandon Davis. Like, Brandon Davis is a guy who's going to overwhelm somebody like Randy Costa who might get tired or might not have the wrestling defense he needs, whereas Baccarell is like, he's got the wrestling defense he needs and he can punch your head off. Um, So you either need to be a phenomenal wrestler or uh, not willing to take a punch on the feet. And, and Brandon Davis is neither of those things. Yes. An unfortunate matchup for Brandon Davis. You know what else is unfortunate, Dan? Losing your hair. That's what's unfortunate. Let me Great tell you, Dan, I, I, yeah, I don't think you've, you've experienced this yet. Have you, but losing your I, have, hair is I have not, I have not. I got a little gray though. Do you? All right. That's fine. I, I've got both though. Um, Losing your hair is not fun, so that's why we are sponsored by Keeps, because I'm sure there's other listeners out there with the same issues here. Keeps offers the simplest, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month. And Keeps offers generic versions, discreet packaging, and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, Go to keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P, 
keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S.com slash SGP. And if my kid keeps comparing me to balding, flabby, middle, um, I was going to say Middle Eastern, but I guess it's usually Eastern European fighters that he always likes to compare me to, then I should probably get keeps also. Um, let's say about prediction strike two while we're at it. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Why not prediction strike makes that a real possibility? Prediction strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robinhood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. So it's just better in your favorite players start investing in them. So simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPNMMA, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based on upon game performances and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in the game. So sign up with promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And if you want more info, find the article that Gumby wrote on sportsgumbypodcast.com. He wrote uh, basically an introduction on, on how you play prediction strikes. So get in there and make sure you use our code so they know you got this from your favorite podcast in the world. All right, let's move on. We move up a weight class to featherweights. Nate Landwehr versus Ludovic Klein. Um, do you spell Ludovic Klein's, when you write his name, do you spell it appropriately with the little ass apostrophe thing that he's got after the Al Dan? I don't. Well, mostly just because I can't find it. In my, I just can't find it on my keyboard. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's fine, Dan. That's fine. Uh, you don't have an Eastern uh, European keyboard, I guess. So he's what? Slovakian, right? He's the only Slovakian, I think, in the UFC. Or ever, isn't he? Well, the only well one now, now one of two, right? Right, who do they have now? Martin Boudet, wasn't Martin Boudet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. he, he just became the second. There you go. Um, all right, so Nate, the train, land we are versus Ludovic, Mr. Highlight Klein. I'll go with Mr. Highlight. That's a better nickname for sure. Yeah. Um, the train's been on the Top Turtle MMA podcast, right? He has. He's quite the character. <laughs> yes, he is. And I think, has Brandon Davis been on it? Um, Maybe it not. was, he was a really long time ago, yeah. but no, I think right. so far we're just on the train. Okay. The train is 14 and four with eight knockouts. He's one and two in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss. Last night being a knockout loss. Before this, he was the champ in M1, the uh, big promotion mostly in, uh, in Russia. Uh, he's two inches taller. He's twice more active striker than Klein, but Klein's, well, yeah, they both only fought two or three times in the UFC. Uh, he's at plus 260. Uh, Mr. Highlight is 17-3, eight knockouts, eight submissions. So everything is a finish except one fight that he won. One won the UFC. He lost his last fight. Seven years younger. Grappling sets in the favor, minus 350. Uh, I'll take the big chalky, uh, Mr. Highlight, in this one, please. Yeah, I'm going to take the chalk here, too. The difference maker for me is just we've got uh, Nate Landwer coming in, having been knocked out two of his last three fights. Yeah. Uh, only Darren Elkins, who's not really a knockout artist, got him. Uh, did wasn't able to get him, and then he's he's super reckless on his feet too. That's the other thing. That's kind of why Herbert Burns knocked him out. And he's fighting in a phenomenal counter striker. I mean, what what yes. more recipe for disaster could you get than a counter striker with big power about to fight a guy who's been knocked out a couple of times and gets reckless and isn't afraid to eat a punch? He's gonna eat a punch. That and mm. and that's pretty much all there is. Are we going to have a highlight for Mr. Highlight? 
I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. this is a highlight ender for sure. Yeah, yeah. Landwehr is not really. He came in kind of hyped up, right? Or you you were kind of big on him. He hasn't really uh, looked that great. I actually thought he was going to wrestle more than he does. Um, okay. Yeah. In, in offensively and defensively, because he came from M1 Global. Right. Where he had to fight like a lot of Dagestani guys or a lot of guys from Kyrgyzstan or like stuff like that. And and he did pretty well wrestling wise and, and now he showed up here, hasn't really had to wrestle offensively or defensively, but also has chosen not to wrestle offensively, um, and instead gotten popped uh by guys who are largely grapplers or you know, like I guess Julian Arosa isn't a grappler, but like also it's not like the craziest power striker of all time. No. And he's got a horrible nickname that he stole from me, right? So. <laughs> Juicy J. I am Juicy J. I am Juicy J. Shock juice. All right, moving on. This fight just got happened. It's pretty crazy. Lupi Godinez. You're probably thinking, hey, didn't you just talk about her? Yes, we just talked about her last fight card. Uh, she is stepping in on short notice. Uh, upper weight class from her strawweight, uh, women's flyweight fight. She's stepping in to fight Luana Carolina um, because... Um, First of all, Marina Morose was supposed to fight. She backed out. Sajara Eubanks was going to fight Carolina O'Carolina, and she backed out. So everyone's obviously scared of her, um, but not Lupi. Lupi Godinez is stepping in here. Um, so Lupi's nickname is Lupi, uh, short for Lupita, and Carolina's nickname is Dread, which is a pretty good nickname also. Um, let's tell you about Dread. I uh, just found a number for, for this fight. This fight. Um, just came up on the board. She is dread is seven and two, two knockouts, one submission, two on the UFC. She's got a win loss win, so she's bound to lose, I guess, right? Um, one on the contender series. Used to fight at bantamweight. She's had trouble missing weight for flyweight, so this will probably be uh, she'll probably be the much larger fighter here, uh, weight wise, since she's used to fight at bantamweight and she's fighting someone who usually fights at strawweight. Uh, also, she's four inches taller, eight inches of reach, which is pretty huge. She's one and a half times more active striker, plus 225 for her. Uh, Loopy, 6-1 with one knockout, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. 1-1 one one in the UFC. She just won via submission on October the 9th. Uh, she's taking the short notice, obviously, like I said, and she usually fights the strawweight, which she moved up here. Before all this, she was the LFA champ. Uh, striking stats are in her favor, minus 265. Why shouldn't I take the bigger, stronger, uh, more experienced fighter for plus 225, Dan? Not stronger, A. Uh, so that's the first part. <laughs> yep. Maybe bigger, um, but not stronger. And also, no offense to Luana Carolini, because I was high on her when she got to the UFC too. A bad grappler. Objectively bad grappler. Like, I mean, go back to her loss to Ariane Lipsky. She lost to Ariane Lipsky, who is, again, mostly just a kickboxer, right? Like, they call her the queen of violence. She, she likes elbows in the clinch and all that kind of stuff. And Lipsky knee-barred her with one of the most brutal knee-bars ever, and it was just basically because she didn't understand that her legs shouldn't be there, um, which was like a, a fundamental tenet of jiu-jitsu in, the, in that position, like, hey, your leg's in danger, and she just let it dangle there. So Lupita Godinez came out in that last fight, too. I would tell you, if you, you gave me this fight before this past weekend, I, I'd debate it longer, but with Lupita Godinez going in there, picking up four takedowns really fast on Juarez – and then showing she's just got slick jujitsu that we had just not seen before. I, I like her again here. And, and you know what? I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and this is a prop early. I'm going to say she gets back-to-back subs. That would be crazy. Uh, two weeks in a row. 
yeah, if if you're a bad grappler going up against her, that's um, definitely not worth the risk taking plus 225. So Godinez is the pick, um, despite the size differential and the quick turnaround. Um, all right, we're moving on. What weights? Danny Roberts versus Ramazan Emiyev. Um, Emiyev is Goretz. Do you know what Goretz means? I do not. No. Little pig is what little, I Googled. It little, little pig. Yes, apparently. He's a little pig, Dan. He's fighting against hot chocolate, Daniel Roberts, who John wants me to call something else. So I'm going to call him uh, Cold Bosco instead of hot chocolate. Why, why does he not want hot chocolate? I don't know. He, he That's wants a great Luke, nickname. He wants to become lukewarm tea. I, I think his, I think he's uh, he's fading here. Actually, that's John um, sent me a whole bunch of uh, his thoughts on this fight, so I, I may as well read that to us before I break it down. All right. He wants me to mention this on the pod uh, via our Slack. <laughs> in his nine UFC fights, not including the Ultimate Fighter fights, Andrew Sanchez – wait, this is a fight I'm looking at. That's right. You're looking he's, at the wrong – yeah, nope, sorry, that, that's coming up. That's a tease, everyone. Yeah, Daniel Roberts, he just mentioned the, the nickname. So, all right, let's uh, break her down. Um, little little Pig's a much better nickname, though, because it's ridiculous. Um, Roberts, 17-5, eight knockouts, five submissions. He's All of his losses have come via finish. He's been knocked out three times. He's been subbed two times. Six and four in the UFC, uh, one and two over his last three. He won his last fight via knockout. That was way back in November 2019, though. He's three inches taller than Emiyev. He's more active striker. He also is a pro was a pro boxer, or maybe he is, still is. In the uh, if he gets released, uh, he's three one uh, as a pro boxer, plus two thirty. And the little pig Emiyev is twenty and four with three knockouts, seven submissions, five and one in the UFC, two straight excuse me two straight wins. He was the M one champion over in uh, Europe. Before this, uh, when he was a middleweight, uh, this is that welterweight now. Uh, he's two, two inches reach. Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, minus 300. Uh, pretty easy pick for me. Uh, Emiyev is, is the pick. Yeah, and, and I will say this. Emiyev is sometimes overrated as a grappler, uh, as yeah. somebody who can take people down, because his takedown rate is really low for a guy who comes from that part of the world. Uh, I think he was only 4 of 12 last fight and 4 of 9 in the fight before, if I was remembering those stats correctly. So, like, I think sometimes we need to push the, the, the break a little bit here on Amiev is, is a real prospect. But, you know, he, like he had trouble taking Anthony Rocco Martin down. Um, but Danny Roberts is just, again, a, a guy who does not defend takedowns well. So this is, you know, I, I talked before about there being some weird style clashes and some weird things that we need to worry about here. This ain't one of them. Um, nope. just, just take the guy who's going to wrestle the hell out of the other guy and win – Probably a really freaking boring, boring decision. <laughs> yeah, but hey, you have to bet hundred bucks, so you're gonna bet it and make what thirty three bucks. So there you go. Um, all right, and our main event of the prelims is Andrew Sanchez versus Bruno Silva. Sanchez is El Durte and Silva's Blindado. Do you know what Blindado is? I think we've been through this before. Blind, blindado, armored, right? Yes, armored. armored. Correct. Yes. All right. I'll give you a breakdown, and then I'll read you uh, Superfan Jong's um, breakdown of the fights uh, before we make our picks. All right. Alderte Sanchez, twelve and six, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out four times himself, so four of his six losses have come via knockout. He's five and four in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss over his last three fights. His last fight was a TKO loss. He was 3-0 in the Ultimate Fighter house and was the champion. That was at light heavyweight. This is down at middleweight. He's an inch taller than Silva. More active striker. Grappling sets in his favor, plus 125. For Blendado Silva, 20-6, 17 knockouts. He's been subbed five times in his career. 
shouldn't be too much of a concern here since uh, Sanchez is not much of a submission guy. Uh, he was 1-0 in the UFC, 1-B a knockout. He's won five straight fights. He also was an M1 champ. This is the M1 card. And there's, we've got three former M1 champs so far already. Um, a year younger than Sanchez, minus 176 is where it was when I did this breakdown earlier today. That number has gone up. I think Jong is big on uh, Silva. He, I think he got him at minus 130, and then he went up to minus 150 earlier today. Now he's at minus 176. So people are listening to Jong. All right, here's here's his scouting for this fight. It is nine UFC fights, not including all for fighter fights. Andrew Sanchez started out his first five fights with a 13-29 takedown success rate, I guess he means. But in his last four fights, he's only been successful on two of 19 takedown attempts. Terrible. Uh, I can't back this guy is what he says. Conversely, Bruno Silva is supposed to be a black button BJJ, but where are his submissions? He fights like he's double parked. He doesn't get paid by the hour. So he says Bruno Silva is the pick. Um, do you agree with uh, Bruno Silva, or do you have any other things you'd like to add on top of that? I do, but I, I would say I, I am picking him for a slightly different reason. I, I do agree that Silva fights like he's trying to get somebody out of there and hits really hard. The, yep. the, my worry here about Sanchez is not necessarily that the recent amount of submissions he's or takedowns he's gotten are not good, but it's that he, because he knocked out Wellington Terman, he's kind of got that problem that some grapplers get that when they knock somebody out, they think they're like, they can strike. Remember Gabriel Gonzaga yeah. knocked out Mirko Krokot and thought he was a kickboxer yep. for the next five years of his life. Um, yep. Despite the fact that he was like beating people with jujitsu before that, like th- this is one of those cases where Sanchez in his last fight looked like he wanted to. And don't get me wrong, he shot a couple of takedowns, but he looked like he wanted to box Mahmoud Muradov, which unless your name's Gerald Mearshart, is just not going to go well for you. So uh, uh, Andrew Sanchez, I think the problem is he's going to go in here and strike too long. I think if he went right to the wrestling quickly. I think that negative 130 number makes a lot more sense, but I think from a fight IQ standpoint, that negative 175, which, by the way, if it's still there, grab it now, um, is a, a good pick for Bruno Silva. Yeah, it seems to be, like I said, I I, uh, I mapped out uh, where it's headed. It's headed in the wrong direction if you want to get on Silva. So um, if the lucky people, the smart people, actually, and they're not lucky, smart people who heeded my advice and have subscribed to our direct feed, MMA Gambling Podcast will Second, they get these words in their ears. They can they can put all their money, all their life savings, and their children's college funds on uh, Blindado Silva. Uh, everyone listening on the SGPN feed won't get this advice till like Friday morning, I think. So by then, it'll be what minus five hundred, right? I don't think he'll he'll move that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it to negative two fifty by fight time, though. Hey, we we got some high rollers in our uh, audience, surely Dan, so that they can drive that number up there. You never know. So that are that's the prelims. Let's give uh let you know about our last couple of sponsors, then we will go ad free main card. Odds crowd, are you the best NBA better in the US? You said you weren't the best NFL one. Are you the best NBA one, maybe, Dan? Maybe not in the US. No, okay. <laughs> in in your little neck of the woods, possibly. Sure, right. sure, you, sure. You can prove it on Odds Crowd in their free to join and play fantasy betting contest. There's a season long NBA contest with three thousand dollars in cash up for grabs as well as weekly $200 contests as well. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Oscar isn't just a fantasy betting contest. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors. Track your bets, set up private contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And if you're going to download apps and you haven't already, make sure you download the SGPN app. Pretty please. 
Uh, we are now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. We give you easy access to all our picks and podcasts and everything else. We have all the promos. We're always giving things away. Um, and if you download it, give us a favorable app review. Why don't you? All right. Let's do main card time. Middleweights. Julian Marquez versus Dan Gumby favorite Jordan Wright. Um, backed by Gumby. Um, Jordan Wright is the Beverly Hills Ninja, and Marquez is the Cuban Missile Crisis. Obviously, we can't back Beverly Hills Ninja uh, nickname or or him in the fight because you hate him, Dan. For, there's no I, real I, reason why you hate him. I Not hate? This. I, I've come around to him a little bit more than I had before because, uh, let's face it, like, so he is a guy who I thought was crushing cans on the regional circuit. Right. His first win in the UFC was a giant fluke. His first loss in the UFC wasn't a giant fluke. Um, you know, like he, he won by cut in the first fight pretty quickly. Um, and, like, that, that fight was far from being over. Uh, you know, it was I think it was only a minute in or something like that. And then he got beat up pretty good. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's what he actually is. He looked better last time out against Jamie Pickett. Uh, but again, Jamie Pickett, not really a high-level opponent. No. Let's let's tell you about Mr. Wright's um, resume here. He's 12-1 with one no contest, seven knockouts, five submissions. Everything's a finish for him. 2-1 the UFC, win-loss win is what he has gone. He won via TKO his last fight. He got a no contest on the contender series, which originally was a loss. Used to fight at light heavyweight. This is down at middleweight. He's got five inches reach over Marquez. He's a year younger. He lands one and a half, about one and a half times more strikes than Marquez. He's at plus 195. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis is 9-2 with six knockouts, three submissions, so everything finished for him. Do you think this one's going to be finished too, Dan? For one I do, time? yes. Uh, I do. Marquez has never been finished in a fight, so ah, maybe Dan is tipping his hand there too. Uh, he's 3-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, both of the finish. Not a surprise since everything's a finish for him. Won in all the contender series. He also used to fight at light heavyweight. He's had issues uh, missing weight at middleweight. He's at minus 250. Uh, we're both going to back the Cuban Missile Crisis, correct? Yeah, and I, I don't think this is a hard one to pick. Uh, you know, like the best person Jordan Wright has ever beat is probably Jamie Pickett, unless you count, like I said, that uh, weird cut stoppage victory over Ike Villanueva. And even then, like Ike Villanueva is, what is he, one in three in the UFC um, with only a win got, over. He got released, didn't he? Um, no, he's actually fighting oh, next yeah? week. Next week? Okay. Next week. Yeah, he's fighting Nick Negromanu. Um, so oh, he's good. getting another. Yeah. He's getting another shot. Um, but yeah, like that's probably the best guy you beat, and that was by weird cut stoppage. And Jamie Pickett was had to fight on the contender series three times because he lost the first two. <laughs> uh, and then so like still, Jordan's right wins are not impressive. Julian Marquez is out there adding a submission game. Uh, you know, like clearly the work he's doing now that he's working with James Krause is paying off. The guy looks great out there. I expect him to both mix in his wrestling and crack. Uh, Jordan Wright on the feet. I, yeah, I got him by finish here. Uh, yeah, it's hard to go against the glory MMA James Cross uh, back fighter. So, um, so we go from one of his least favorable fighters to one of his favorites. Um, Menel Fierro is fighting Moira Bueno Silva. They were supposed to fight at UFC 266. We broke this one down too, didn't we? I, I believe time. so, but I can't yeah. remember. No, it might have gotten canceled right before we went to air. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. So. Um, anyhow, it, it got, uh, it got the COVID treatment and got pushed ahead to 
to this fight card. Um, so Firo is the beast. Very true. Uh, so is Shitara, which I don't know what that is, so I can't say very true. The beast, obviously. <laughs> that's what Firo is the beast, so I, I agree with that. So Saibo Silva first. 7-1-1, one, one, one knockout, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 2-1-1 one, one in the UFC. She, her last fight was a draw. 1-0 in the Contender Series. She used to fight at Bantamweight. Uh, she's got an inch of reach, one year younger than Fioro, plus 185. The Beast, 7-1, six knockouts, never been finished in a fight. 2-0 in the UFC, um, both via TKOs. She won seven straight fights, inch of height uh, over Silva. Striking stats in her favor, plus she's twice more active striking than Silva. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 240. Obviously, we are going with the Beast here, another easy pick. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, we said there's some tough ones in there. This seems like an easy one. Uh, she's going to charge forward. She's going to pick Silva apart. Silva might shoot some takedowns and try to get this to the mat, but I, I also think people underestimate how good Firo is in stuffing takedowns, and, and actually her wrestling offensively is pretty good in its own right. Yeah, I, I think she picks her apart here pretty easily. Um, Firo is a easy and obvious pick for me. There you go. Now we move on to one of my favorites, Jim Miller. Uh, lightweight fight. Jim Miller, the epitome of a grizzled veteran, uh, even looks like a grizzled veteran. He's going up against a newbie, Eric Gonzalez. Um, do you know that Miller's nickname's A10? I've seen that before. I don't know what the hell that yeah. is. I don't. Is some kind of gun you Americans use or something? I might be the only thing I've ever heard him actually called like a 10, I think has squeezed its way into a couple of broadcasts, but the only real nickname is, is it's Jim fucking Miller, right? Like, isn't that's, that the, true, that's yeah. the one, like it's yeah. just supposed to be, you can't say that on a broadcast, but his name is Jim fucking Miller. I forgot all about that. Yes. Um, and Gonzalez is the ghost pepper, which is a good nickname, but obviously um, Jim Miller's unofficial nickname is better. Um, let's tell you about the ghost pepper, 14 and five, eight knockouts, one submission, He's been subbed twice himself. It's, it's something to keep a note of since he's fighting Jim Miller. He, this will be his USC debut. He's won four of his last five and two straight. Three inches taller, three inches of reach, nine years younger, plus 175. Uh, Miller, 32 and 16 with one no contest. So this is fight 50 for him. Four knockouts, 18 submissions. He's 21 and 15 in the UFC with one no contest. He owns or shares multiple UFC longevity records. Uh, he debuted as a pro 2005, debuted in the UFC 2008. He's only won one of his last four fights. Uh, he's lost two straight, minus 225, so a big number for him. Um, what can you tell me about Gonzalez before I make an official pick? Um, he he kind of wings shots all the time, yeah. and when he fought Rafa Garcia, Rafa Garcia got in on his legs ridiculously easy, picked him up, carried him across the cage, and slammed him in the middle of it. And that's Rafa Garcia, who I mostly think of as a boxer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I noticed every name, recognizable name on his resume is got an L beside it. Um, he's, he's got quite an extensive resume, but although a lot of most, a lot of it in Kambache, was it not, I think? Yeah, he fought mostly in Kambache, yeah. And yeah, any name of a guy who ended up in the UFC seems like he lost to it. So yeah, Jim Miller is my pick. He was my pick until I heard more about Gonzalez, but he's definitely my pick now. I guess, do you have anything, any other breakdown to make for this one, or is is simply Not, not really. I, I think if, if Eric Gonzalez has like worked on his takedown defense and can stuff Jim Miller a couple of times, like I think he's got some promise there, but ultimately... 
like I don't think he's even that much better of a striker than Jim Miller if this was not to go to the ground. And then there's all of that facet of like if it does go to the ground. Yes, exactly. And um, I saw a headline: Jim Miller is not retiring. So um, people, ever, uh, ever, yes. Uh, he fought at UFC 100. He fought in UFC 200, and I, he said he wants to fight in UFC 300 also, which will be what almost three years from now because we're at 267 coming up. So. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, that happens. That would be pretty cool. All right, co-main event. Oh, another one of Dan's favorites. This card is all like favorites or people that you really don't like. We got Andre Arlovski, Dan's uh, boyhood crush versus Carlos Felipe uh, <laughs> in a heavyweight fight. Um, Andre the Pitbull Arlovski versus uh, Carlos Boy, B-O-I, Felipe. So a boy is funny, but you got to go with the Pitbull. Well, do you know Boy Boy, boy is not translated to, to yeah, yeah, small child. It's you translated to bull in Portuguese. Right, yeah. yes, I remember this. Yes, Dan Dan taught me that, and it was out of my brain already. So, right, so this is a another Grizzle veteran versus kind of an up-and-comer, I guess. He's uh, had 12 fights on on his resume. All right, let's go with the pit bull first. His resume is extensive. It's going to take me a while. 31-20 with two no contests. <laughs> so this is one of the rare fight cards where Jim Miller is not the most experienced fighter on it. Um, this is fight 54 as uh, this is um, MMA fight fit number 54 for Andre Olowski. 17 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out himself 11 times, which is, you would think would be a frightening thing, but it's not really because he, his last time he got knocked out was 2019. So he's not getting knocked out uh, as often as he was. Um, he's in the UFC. He is 20 and 14 with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. He was former UFC heavyweight champion and interim heavyweight champion uh, back in the uh, in the dark ages of uh, of the UFC. He's won three of his last four, uh, including his last fight. Um, however, he has not finished an opponent since 2015. So if you're going with Andre Arlovski, you're probably going to want to take him via decision here. Uh, outside of the UFC, two and one in World Series of Fighting. Uh, he got a no contest in one. The biggest promotion in the world that we told you about. Uh, oh, he was 0-3 in strike force, including an amazing uh, knockout at the hands of Fedor Emelianenko, which he basically jumped into and got knocked out. Um, he's a Samba champion. He made his pro debut in 1999. See, I told you Jim Miller is not the uh, not the most grizzled person here. So 1999 was his debut. USC debut in 2000. He's three inches taller than Felipe. Got two inches of reach. Grappling sets in his favor. Minus 104. Why are we both going with Andre Arlovsky? <laughs> that's a that's a great question. Minus one hundred four, by the way, it, it, that number's gone. Uh, it seems to be swinging heavily in Carlos Felipe's favor. Um, yeah, because I think when I saw it posted originally, negative one thirty five for Arlovsky is like a large favorite. He's like a slight underdog now. Um, yeah. Which is well, I didn't break down Felipe. I did. I I forgot to break down Felipe. Sorry. Hold that thought. Let's break down Felipe first, and then we'll tell you why we're picking Arlovsky. Not just because Dan loves him. Uh, Felipe is 11-1, six knockouts, never been finished in a fight. 3-1 in the UFC. He's won his last three fights. He's 12 pounds heavier than Olofsky, 16 years younger, more active striker, minus 125. Now tell me I'm crazy for for taking Olofsky here. Go ahead. I don't, I don't think you are because here's the thing about Carlos Felipe, and you'll notice this about pretty much all of his fights. He just becomes accustomed to this fight style that his opponent wants to fight. Um, if you go back and look at his win over Jorgen DeCastro and Justin Taffa, those guys are kind of like sit and wait in, in big counter guys. So he just also sat and wait. 
Um, and he popped out a jab out there and just stayed away from the counter and won a fight that way. I mean, there's a reason he has a split decision win over Justin Tafa and a split over Jake Collier, a couple of guys who I'm not particularly high on. Um, and, and, you know, again, they're, they're guys who load up big on punches, and he just kind of stayed away from that. He will fight the fight that you want him to fight. Same with the fight with Sergei Spivak that he lost. He was willing to engage in the clinch against Sergei Spivak, which is stupid. Um, so if that's true of all of his fights, I expect him to engage in the same kind of fight that Andre Arlovsky wants, which is a yeah. a smart point fight type fight. And I just think Arlovsky's better at that than Carlos Felipe is. I think he's quicker still. Um, I think he's better technically. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to back Arlovsky here. He's the only underdog I'm, I'm, uh, I've taken up to this point. Um, so it's going to be a boring fight also, if that's the way it goes down, right? It It is actually. Like, you know, I, I don't – I love Andre Arlovsky, but, like, this probably is not going to be fun to watch. No. When's the last time he's really had a fun fight, though, really? it's uh, it's, been, it's been a long time, but keeps on winning, keeps on cashing paychecks. So, um, all right, main event, a hastily arranged main event. All right, so the original main event, Ketlin Vieira versus Misha Tate. Uh, Misha Tate got covid um, so that got bumped. Um, so Holly Holm, Norma Dumont got pushed up to the main event. Uh, then Holly Holm pulled out. So now we've got Aspen Ladd, who almost died uh, way in a few weeks ago. She's moving up weight class to featherweight to take on Norma Dumont. Um, Norma Dumont is the immortal. Aspen Ladd has no nickname. Um, Dumont, let's tell you about her first. She's six and one with two submissions, two and one in the UFC. She's won two straight fights after dropping her debut. She used to fight at Bantamweight. Um, this is at Featherweight. Um, she's has trouble making weight at Bantamweight, so good for that. This is uh, this is Featherweight. She is a Sanda champ. Do you know what Sanda is, Dan? Yeah, it's a Chinese kickboxing art, if I'm not there mistaken. Yeah, exactly. Um, she's got one inch of height, one inch of reach on Lad, plus 125. Aspel Lad, 9-1, six knockouts, one submission, 4-1 in the UFC, she won her last fight via TKO. She was 5-0 in Invicta. It feels like I just read all this stuff, right? Uh, used, to fight at, uh, used to fight at flyweight. Used to fight at bantamweight. Uh, she's had a lot of trouble missing weight, if you haven't heard the news. Um, she used to be a professional kickboxer also. She's taking this on very short notice. Five years younger, more active striker. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 154. Um, it feels wrong to back lab, but I think I am. It's kind of... Uh, um, based on the health issues and all this stuff, and then going up weight class, but I, I don't, I think she's better than Norma Dumont. Yeah, and I will also say this: like, you're right, health issues, right? But I don't know how long. Maybe, maybe this is wrong for me to speculate because I, I haven't ever done a very severe weight cut. I've, I've like cut a few lbs for a jujitsu tournament before, but I've never done like a big ass weight cut, which is clearly what Aspen Ladd was doing. I don't know that it takes longer than two weeks for her to recover from that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do, do you expect that, like, two weeks later she's still feeling lethargic? Do you do you expect two weeks later that she's not herself? Like, I, I don't, right? Like, I, I kind of think, you know, probably give her a weekend and a couple of normal meals and some hydration, and she probably feels better by Tuesday, you know? And for me, that that's kind of enough. For, for me to kind of throw that out the window. And now she's doing a lesser weight cut, so I can expect her to be have better energy in there, um, which bodes well for a five-round fight. And in addition to that, like, if you go back and watch Norma Dumont beat Felicia Spencer, which I think is the only reason why these numbers are so close, 
think yeah. he has that win over Felicia Spencer, and Spencer was hyped for a while. I, I think Spencer was tagging her a little bit on the feet, and, and I don't mean significantly. I don't mean she was woozy, but, like, she hit her when she wanted to and, and got engaged in there and, and sure wasn't a better striker than Norma Dumont, but Dumont was taking punches from somebody who is largely seen as a jiu-jitsu specialist. Aspen Ladd has that jiu-jitsu ability too and is going to be way better on the feet. I actually think she probably lands so many punches that Norma Dumont doesn't know what to do with herself. And I think she's got the wrestling and grappling advantage too. Also remember, I, I feel like not enough people are remembering that Norma Dumont was once knocked out by Megan Anderson, who doesn't have a ton of knockouts on her record, like pure right. knockouts, right? Like she she stopped Peggy Morgan, but mostly because she made Peggy Morgan look like a cartoon version of the Grinch uh, by punching her in the face so many times. But like she's not the type of person who like finishes somebody one touch, and that's what she did to Norma Dumont. So, you know, like, I, I'm not saying her chin is shot, but I'm saying she takes shots. Uh, and Aspen Lad can slug a little bit, so... Yeah, I like Aspen Ladd a lot in this fight. Um, and then after she wins this, she'll be the uh, number one contender in Featherweight, right? I think she's probably got to be, right? <laughs> Since there's no one in Featherweight, yes, she'll definitely. Uh, so uh, look out, Amanda Nunes. Um, Aspen Ladd will, is coming after your Featherweight belt. All right, so that breaks down this amazing card. We we different on what, one fight? Just the first one? Oh, my gosh. Is that it for real? Oh, well, I'll get that one right, and then we'll uh, I can relax the rest of the night, and I'll, I'll have you compete. So that's good. All right. Um, degenerates are going to want props and parlays that you've you've given some out already. So um, what else do you have for them? So I'm going to say my big two props here. Uh, we'll go Andre Orlovsky by decision, plus 200. Um, seems yep. like a steal. If you're going to pick him yeah, to win, really. ready, pick him to win, you know, a negative – I think you quoted me negative 104 – you yeah. might as well get him plus 200 because he ain't finishing anybody with his current style. Uh, and I yeah, love the guy. That's crazy. That's crazy I, so high. I, I have no idea why that would come in at that number. And if your boogie is still offering that, get get them on record uh, saying that too. I'm also going to take Manon Firo by knockout. She's been off at plus 185 to knock her out, um, which seems also really? – yeah, that seems wrong, right? Like, it, it yeah. seems like she shouldn't be that high seeing as she's finished both of her opponents and, and seemingly is going to do so here. So I like that as well. Um, I'll take Bruno Silva by first round finish sometime in the first round. He could get a submission or a TKO. You can get that at plus 275. I think he just gets Sanchez out there early. So I like that one too. Um, and I, I don't see a line on it yet, but I did mention I like Lupita Godinez by submission. I think because the odds are so new in this one, you're not going to see it, but like, if that pops up, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, you know, around plus 300 or plus 400. I might dabble there, too. Wow. You've uh, you found some gems in there for us. That's amazing. Um, any parlays or, or, or is that is that enough for the people you think? Sure, uh, sure. He's They're, they're always going to want, like, a mega parlay. I, I usually try <laughs> yep. to get you in right around 10 to 1, right? That's my – Yes, my go usually where it ends up, yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Aspen Ladd. I think she's a good piece to have in this one. I'm also gonna take Jim Miller. I think he's a good piece to have in any of them, especially betting off where he's at. I still think Manon Viro's line is a little bit too low, so we'll throw her in there as well. Um, and then like again, Bruno Silva, man, if you can get it early enough, this is he's like a really great piece for it. Um, and then usually we need a fifth one. So who are we gonna throw fifth? Mm. Who am I the most confident in? Um, I want it to be a good line, too. How about 
How about our last game? Screw it. We'll throw our last Why game. Not, that, right? that gives you 11 to 1. You can't be you wow. get a you get Jim Miller and Andre Arlovsky in the same parlay in 2021 and you're going to get them 11 to 1. So that's Lad Miller, Fiero, Silva and Arlovsky. Amazing. Um all right, you want to uh I believe you're first up for our locks of the week. Who would you like to make your lock pick this week? I feel like it would be criminal if I didn't take Manon Firo. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would. Yeah, take her. that's that's my girl right there, Manon Firo. Yeah. I wanted to take her, but you got it. All right, um, let me see who am I most – I kind of want a decent line, but um, do I go all out and take Arlovsky, Dan? Hmm. No, let, let's take Silva. Everyone's so in love with Silva. I'm going to lock Silva in. At minus I was going to say, you, is when I got it. You, got, you got to ride with our boy Lee. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So there's the locks. Um, anything else we need to tell him, Dan? Or, or uh, is it late you, enough you, now? You, you captured it all. We captured it all. All right. Um, who, who's that? Uh, we'll be back on what? Sunday? Yeah. Oh, I remember. It's my turn to say bye because you screwed up the year goodbye again, <laughs> which, which is why I like to make you do it. So we'll be back on Sunday. We will break down um, – Dan will give you all his his picks for next week's Contender Series, which is where the money's made, and we'll tell you um, how we did with our picks for um, this very exciting Lad versus Demont uh, fight card. In the meantime, read all our stuff: sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. Listen to Dan's Top Trade MMA podcast with who's on it this week. Uh, I'm talking with a couple of guys who are going to be on the Contender Series rather than on this. Uh, not so great card. Uh, I talked to Johnny Parsons, who is fighting in the main event against the aforementioned Solomon Renfro. And I also talked to Jesse Murray, who is fighting Kai Bohio uh, in his second fight. Uh, and he is a Stipe Miocic teammate, and he talks about uh, training with Stipe. So a couple of good interviews for you there. There you go. And you can listen to his prelim primer podcast, and he'll, he'll give you all the picks that he just gave you for his uh, prelims, but also with <laughs> a, uh, a smart co it wasn't me, so maybe it isn't a smart co-host, but hopefully he has a smart co-host on there. Uh, give him picks out also. Um, and I guess that's all I really have to tell you. Um, oh, Twitter. You want to you hit us up on Twitter? Hit us up on Twitter. We're at – I'm at Jeff Fox Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R, and he's Gumby Vreeland. Um, and that's all I have to tell you. I am and forever will be Shock Juice, a.k.a. Juicy Jeff, a.k.a. Juicy J. And what nickname should I use for you? Do you care? No, surprise me. Oh, I, I one of them I haven't used yet. He is Ichabod, the son of Ichabod, the bear whisperer, Daniel Vreeland, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Bye-bye. 